Welcome to the Wealthier Together podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help women cultivate wellness in all areas of their lives. Today, I'm going to be talking with Crystal and Kazi, and we're going to be talking about taking care of your skin health, hormones, and diet. Crystal and Kazi is an overeducated science nerd with a penchant for skincare and beauty. With 12 years of experience in healthcare and nearly 10 in what she fondly refers to as the vanity industry, she has set herself apart as both an esthetician and nutritionist through her dedication to science, quality services, and her no nonsense and sometimes tough love approach to skincare, hormone health, and nutrition. Hi, Crystal, and how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing well. So can you tell us a little bit more about your story? I actually, my mother wanted me to go to beauty school, like right out of high school. Um, but I was like, no, I'm too smart for that. Um, I, I had a full ride to a university. I was in the science field. So of course, girls are, are pursued in that area. And I ended up actually getting an undergrad in biochemistry and was immediately accepted into grad school for a dual program of nutrition and physiology. I had every intention of being a medical doctor, but I, I was rather young when I finished school. I, I was on the fast track through things. So um, I actually started my graduate program when I was 19. Wow. Definitely That's- not ready for med school at that point. So I was like, we'll just, we'll just write out this, uh, these scholarships and see what happens from there. But it was my, my grandmother who was always in the back of my head. She was, I don't know, she was a little bit vain, but she was a beautiful woman. She took very good care of herself. She looked... 20 years younger than she actually was. And she was always the one harping on me to wear your sunscreen, wash your face every night. Don't wear makeup. It makes you look old. And then to actually be careful about what you put on your skin. My mom wasn't into beauty at all. And some of the guidance that I got there probably wasn't the best for me. So I always looked for towards my grandma. And it was actually... When I was 17, she was diagnosed with melanoma. She had a spot on her nose that wasn't going away. And by the time they figured out what it was, she ended up having to have her whole nose removed in reconstruction. It was, it was pretty gory, but she got on me even more about taking care of myself. Sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. When I was straight out of grad school, I was working in the healthcare field. And I happened to have like some pain in my back and I, it just grew and grew and grew. And I started feeling really lousy. Um, and I went in with the thought that I might have had pneumonia or some sort of bronchial infection because I was having a hard time breathing. I took a chest x-ray and found out that I had um, tumors in my lungs. Further biopsies found out that it was also melanoma. And that's how I got into the skincare field. I went through two years of treatment. I became the biggest advocate ever for sunscreen and protection and getting your kids on it while they're young. I started researching all the ingredients that were in sunscreens. And I also took this approach having 
you know, at this new degree in nutrition of how can I heal myself more holistically because the tr traditional treatments were, uh, from what I was seeing statistically, actually killing people faster. And in my own experience, I, I was so horribly sick from them that I, I didn't want to do them. Um, and at that age, I was only 23. Like it wasn't like I could just walk away from treatments and call it good. I, I had to fight. And that sort of was the real kicker for me getting involved with how you can heal yourself more nutritionally, not just taking the traditional dietetics approach to everything, which is laid out by the American Dietetics Association and about 30 years behind research. Yeah. I... I went this, the science and holistic route combined and just dove all in like for how I could make myself better, how I could teach other people to make themselves better and how I could prevent the skin cancer from happening in the future. And that, that's how I got started. Wow. That is definitely a very powerful story. Very, very powerful. And thanks for sharing that. I definitely feel that a lot of people don't they don't really think twice about wearing sunscreen, unfortunately. And yeah, I think it's definitely good to be make people more aware of the importance of that. Absolutely. And not just wearing sunscreen, the type of sunscreen you're wearing. Mm -hmm. um, I know my mom has been freaking out lately because of all of the oxybenzone is finally being outed as like a devil ingredient. I was like, I've been telling you this for years, mom. She's like, but I had on you when you were a baby. Is this why you got sick? And I was like, well, no, this is like, we just didn't know then. Yeah. Now we know, so let's make some changes. That is definitely true. When It took me a while to find a good one because of, because usually most of the, because I use one, of, I use the physical sunscreens yeah, that have zinc. And mm -hmm. so it's difficult for me to go and find a sunscreen that's not going to make me look like I'm pasty. So <laughs> it took me a while, but, you know, there are some people that are chemists that work in the product skincare product field and they're like well no it's okay I'm just like I just I'm not gonna buy that so for me it took me a while to find a really good one and the one I use I get from Target but I think that just if you have any recommendations of some physical sunscreens that people can probably go and buy or get from an esthetician whichever that would be good uh, yeah, because it is hard. The, a lot of the, the physical sunscreens, they get that chalky, thick feel. And they're, I remember going to the beach and trying to put some of, like Badger was my favorite because it was thick, but mm -hmm. then getting sand all in it and not being able to do anything else. Yeah. Um, I really like Blue Lizard. Um, Kula's coming out with some great ones. Uh, Pacifica is actually a very affordable brand. Let's see, Sunbum's working. The, like all of these major brands that we've been seeing on the market for a long time, they're actually moving away from the chemical and doing more physical brands. So it's just a matter, matter of flipping it over and reading the label, avoiding anything with oxybenzone. And then I always butcher this word, but oxytocinate. Uh, I'm, I'm saying it wrong, but you know what I'm talking about. I know about. what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like a <laughs> or sitting in organic chemistry again. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. I remember that. In lab, they said, don't touch it. Yeah, exactly. And yet we've been putting it on our skin for years. Yeah. And then if you do have an esthetician, having them point you in the right 
right direction because a lot of the more medical grade brands or the higher end brands they've they've got the money to invest in um, really making it a, a much better consistency mm-hmm. whereas some of the over-the-counter brands they're trying to make money still so they're keeping keeping costs low and it, it's just like finding what works for you because also a lot of people aren't aware of this but they're allergic to chemical sunscreens because of the the reaction that happens to your body so chemical sunscreens your body absorbs the sun rays and then it it's actually a chemical reaction that reflects as heat and that causes heat rashes so it's great for sensitive skin to go more the physical route, which actually blocks the sun rays at the surface. Okay. That's, that's a good thing. So making sure people look at the ingredients and making sure they're aware of what's in it. And then I know another thing that people have issues with is some people put on sunscreen, but they forget to reapply. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I, and I have clients come in all the time, like living in Arizona. I mean, it's pool season, like nine months out of the year. And they're like, well, I went to the lake or I was at the pool and I forgot to reapply. And they're like ashamed to tell me because I, everybody knows my history because I lecture, lecture, lecture. And I'm just like, set that timer (laughs) every 80 minutes. If you're in and out of the pool, just reapply, reapply, reapply. And this is especially important for kids. They get them while they're young because it's actually becoming the number one cancer in children and young adults. So Uh definitely want to stay on top of that and just get them in the habit of it anyway. That's true. It's good to start those habits early. And then, so what do you say to people who are like, well, the sun's not even out? Because I have to talk to people about this and I'm just like, what do you say? That's actually when it's worse. Yeah. Uh, So the rays are intensified. No matter what UVA rays are coming through, and those are our aging rays. But if it's overcast out, you can burn even worse than you would if you were in direct sunlight. So sunscreen should be year round. And I, I'm, I'm a big component of also having a little insurance policy and either taking an oral or using a topical antioxidant as well. So xanthin's a great way to take it orally. And then um, like a vitamin C, E, those types of topical ingredients, because they, they do prolong the efficacy of your sunscreen. And plus they're a little anti-aging, so you're getting a bonus in there. <laughs> that is true. I read an article a while back saying they're talking about like tomatoes and berries, and they're like, well, these do help your skin not burn, but this should not be the only thing that you use. And I was like, well, that makes perfect sense. So. Right, <laughs> right. It's, it's like the insurance policy, but still like, yeah. don't deliberately do something stupid. So you have to make a claim. That is very true. True. So what does an esthetician do? An esthetician is a skin therapist, basically. We sit down and look at your skin, usually under what I like to call the light of truth. You know, um, there's no hiding from some of our lights. And I I can basically tell your entire history from what I'm seeing. Our job is to look at your skin's current condition, analyze its past, and then try to make a plan to improve its future. And that's done 
through facials, treatments, at-home products, just basically an overall skin regimen. Okay. That makes sense. So you basically just do an inventory of the skin. You're like, hey, this is what your skin looks like today. And then you make recommendations of ways so your clients can improve their skincare. Yes. And for me especially, I am an acne specialist. So, and I I specifically target hormonal acne. Um, I mean, I get all sorts of, you know, people coming in for breakouts, you know, and a little bit of anti-aging, but I, I really hone in on hormonal acne. So for me, it's being able to look at the overall skin. I, I do take a different approach because I am a clinical nutritionist. And while I'm analyzing their skin or while I'm treating it, I'm also talking about diet, supplements, what they can do to improve, what they can take out of their diet, what they can add into their diet. So they're not just getting a basic facial where I'm cleansing, maybe doing some extractions and masking and then sending them home. They're getting like a full full analysis of what's going on and what we can do to improve it. Because um, a lot of acne is actually an internal issue. And while I can treat it topically, if we don't address the root cause, it's never going to really go away. That's true. And I think it's important how you touched on how um, acne is caused by an internal issue. Because I do believe that our skin is a reflection of our digestive health. And that also is linked to hormones and everything is just linked. And so I think it's important to get with your clients and help them look at the root causes. Like, are, are they under a lot of stress and help them manage those areas so they get more bang for their buck when they're getting their facial treatments? Because, you know, it, it enhances your treatments and then they look younger, they look better, their skin is doing better. And so I think that is a very important approach because I've seen people that are like, yeah, I'm going to go get a facial. And then I see what they eat and I'm just like, I can see why you go so often. And I don't say that out loud, but it's just like, you have to, it's not just the facial is not magic. Like you, you have to do, you have to drink water. I mean, this doesn't mean you can't eat things that you like. I say 80, 20, you know, so you have some balance, but you do have to do your part. The esthetician, just like a doctor, cannot heal you. You have to do your part so that exactly. their treatments can, you know, make you look how you want to look. <laughs> yeah. I liken it a lot to diet and exercise. Like yep. you can't go to the gym once a month <laughs> and expect to have your dream body while you then go home and eat pizza and drink a bunch of beer. Um, you have to focus on your diet a lot. You can add more exercise if you want to make more improvements, but diet, diet, diet. And it's the same thing with nutrition. It's what's going into your body is, or I'm sorry, it's the same thing with skincare is going to affect your outward appearance. And then those extras are your home care regime, like what products you're using on a daily basis. How often are you seeing your esthetician? The, it's, it's the consistency that really makes the big impact because just like hiring a personal trainer and not eating right at home is a waste of your time and money. True. Going to an esthetician using cheap products and still eating like garbage is also <laughs> a waste of money. Very true. 
So how do you use your expertise in nutrition and endocrinology to help your clients take better care of their skin? So the endocrinology portion really started to play in when I I started my doctorate program, which has been like a passion project. Uh, Definitely PhDs are not money makers, but (laughs) it, it, it really brought my entire skincare profession together. I was able to mold my love of nutrition and my love of skincare and then bring in this whole other aspect where I'm like, okay, I've got it down now. Because I am seeing a lot of women who are experiencing that hormonal surge in their in their early 30s. Yeah. They're coming in like I didn't have acne as a teenager. What is going on now? And I'm able to look at their lifestyle for one, pinpoint certain things like sleep. A lot of them are either young mothers or like ramping up in their careers, sometimes both. And they're under a lot of stress, not getting enough sleep, helping them understand the role that cortisol and growth hormone play in our overall skin. And then just helping them to understand you're at this point in your life where you're getting surges of estrogen and testosterone. We're kind of on this little roller coaster because you're primed for a baby. Being able to help them manage that through lifestyle factors are one, but also through diet primarily. That was then playing such a huge role on me being able to tackle, say, cystic acne issues, the chin and cheek breakouts, and also like starting to repair some of the aging that's going on at that point. Yeah. All the bad habits during their 20s are finally starting to show up and they're not able to get away with things anymore. And for those that are like young mothers, uh, maybe trying to get pregnant, helping them to understand what is going on with their bodies while I'm helping them with their skin, which is kind of a, like just a huge bonus. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not my expertise or what I was targeting. I'm, I'm there to help them with their skin. But through that, I was, I was able to like walk them through some of the early stages of pregnancy where again, they're having this huge hormonal surge or postpartum when they're experiencing just a lot of inflammation and sleep deprived. So For me, it was nice because not only did I have a deeper insight into their acne problems and, you know, some of them are getting melasma too, but I was offering them like a little bonus for free. And because I was also starting to make connections with other hormone specialists in the industry, cross referral, being able to be like, you know what, this is definitely not my strong point, but here's a connection to somebody who can really help you out. And that, I don't know, my, my clients are like, I think of them as my family and I want to help them in whatever way that I can. Also, because I was new to Arizona and just trying to make friends and meet people, I was spending a lot of time in the gym and I was noticing a lot of hormonal acne um, specifically in men. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked out at a bodybuilding gym. Some of them, it was just strictly the supplements they're on. Some of them were on um, cycles and that was causing all sorts of problems. 
But I got a little ballsy and would start going up to him and be like, I can help you with that. Um, it was a dirty little secret for a long time. I think I've, I've been outed at this point, <laughs> but I had a, a lot of bodybuilders coming to me to help fix their acne problems and just understanding the amount of stress that that whole industry is under. And some of the things that I don't entirely agree with, but that's not, that, that really wasn't my place to say, but to be able to know, okay, you're putting this into your body, you're undergoing this. So here's what we need to do to clear up your skin, or here's what we need to do to manage until you're done with these cycles, because that's, it's not going to actually go away until you quit messing with your natural hormones. And then afterwards, I, I was able to help them try to regulate things and clear their skin up. So it was just, it was a huge bonus. It's definitely good to see that connection. And men like to take care of their skin, skin too, as we see like the men's skincare industry has just exploded. I don't think they're in educating them the way that you are and probably others are. But yeah, they, their skincare, I think before, I don't know, I feel like it's, it's been recent that all these natural skincare products for men and now men have, this, have routines, skincare routines in the morning too. And when I was younger, I don't recall that being a big thing. No, it's only been in the past couple of years. And one of my passions is the ingredients that goes into your skin. I, in fact, recently lost a sister who developed cancer because of, because of the products she was using. Um, a lot of toxic ingredients, it's becoming more and more common. And we're, we're putting those on our skin, like perfumes, constantly. There's a lot of endocrine disruptors. And I feel, I feel like ever since she got sick, there's been this huge boom and this huge push to go towards natural products. To, for people to really pay attention. And if you look at men's products like the Old Spice, the Axe body spray, yeah. they were putting garbage on their skin too. And they, they had like three things to choose from, whereas women have always had a plethora. A variety, yeah. Yeah. So to be able to, to educate both men and women on um, ingredient knowledge, basically, and the, the full impact of what we're putting on our bodies and in our bodies. It's important. And I, I'm really glad to see that men's skincare is actually on the up and up. Yeah. I think, I think it was shamed before, even a couple of years ago when I, I first started approaching people, it was always like, I can't tell anybody, but thank you for helping yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're my secret. Let's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nobody can know about this. <laughs> That's true. Now I think they have like estheticians that only work with men. I think it's, it's just a great progression. But definitely, I've talked with friends and I've, I remember early, since early on and telling them, hey, you need to pay attention to what's in your skincare products. And people just look at me and glaze over and then go back. And I'm just like, well, I've, I've educated you. So you either do better or you do whatever you want. Like, my thing is just to educate people so they can make better decisions. I can't force you to, because people will say, oh, it's more expensive. I was like, well, cancer is also expensive. <laughs> so, you know, but I don't force people. Like the, my thing, I'm just like, look, this is these chemicals here. 
can mess with your hormones, especially when women can't lose weight. I'm just like, well, if you're doing everything, you're getting sleep, you're eating a pretty balanced diet, and you're exercising, and you can't lose weight, it may be a hormonal imbalance, which I send them out, but it can also be the products. Because like you were saying, women put on, I don't even know, there's an article I read, I don't remember the amounts of different personal care products that women put on their skin every day. 25. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, I was just like, so you're just compounding. And then this is every day. I have a friend that I went to middle school with and she still uses those products. So that's like, I don't even know how many years, too many, just a <laughs> constant, constant. Con it's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I've also seen the research on that. And like, we, we do put an average of like 12 to 25 products and there's people who put on more every yeah. single day. And that includes your like morning and night routine, but the amount of um, like, estrogen boosters, I should say, that you're putting on your body are the equivalent of a um, hormonal woman's estrogen treatments or a, a menopausal estrogen treatments every single day. Yeah. So, and we wonder why the incidences of like breast cancer keep going up, uh, uterine, ovarian, all of those estrogen-based cancers are on the rise. Well, yeah. look at what we're doing to ourselves. That's true. And even a lot of the food. So when breast cancer month comes around and everything is pink, I'm just like, that probably leads or causes that too, if you eat that too much or like, it's just, I think it's interesting. Yeah. I think it's, um, I interviewed someone and she was talking about um, toxins, like at home, like the, mm -hmm. in the chemicals and how our skin absorbs those. And so she called it greenwashing. So I refer to breast cancer month and, you know, the whole pink, everything is pink washing. A lot of the things that they're advertising really are not the best for you. And so yeah. I think it's really, I don't know. I think it's just difficult for a lay person to make that connection because they're like, Oh, the FDA regulates this. And that's a whole nother story, but that really, yeah. And I'm just like, no, just because it's on the shelf doesn't. Mm -mm, no. no. And that it's goes back to like the ADA and then being behind the research. And a lot of it, it is like people, people want to make the best choices for themselves, but they aren't educated on it. And I get the same thing about, well, that's so expensive because I have, um, I have medical grade biobotanical in, um, products on my shelf and that's what I use into my treatments. I do use some more simple, even some homemade things, um, but I understand that not everybody can afford that. And I think the big thing is, is to educate yourself and start making wiser choices. It's a matter of crowding out and bringing in better products as you can afford them, replacing some of the older ones. And then there are a lot of natural, easy to find, very affordable products out there. And you can supplement with those. But you'll find that actually the quality products you need less of. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. And you don't need, I, I hate to brand bash. So I'll just say general, like, um, like the, the products you're going to get over the counter at your local drugstore, you end up needing 20 of them because you're searching for the perfect one. Whereas you can just purchase like 
one quality, healthy product and it's going to help what you're targeting. Yeah. So it's eventually like transitioning. Learn about it and then transition. And if you don't know, that's where an expert comes in. That's true. And it's always quality over quantity. Like you said, if it's higher quality, you use less of it. So it lasts longer. And so it probably, if you break it down for how long it lasts, it's probably the same or maybe a little bit less than the product that you go and you replace every other month or whatever. Right, right. That really is so diluted. The active ingredients aren't doing you any good. That is true. Usually the ingredients in a lot of the products that estheticians use are, have a higher concentration. So then again, you still have to use less. So that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So you've touched on it, but what are some ways that our hormones affect our skin and our skin health? You talked about hormonal acne. So if you think about your skin's your largest organ, And um, maybe I'm a little biased, but I happen to think that the endocrine system is your most complicated of systems. Um, It it is constantly, um, like I I always think of it like an audio track where you see the fluctuations as uh, the like music or plays or someone's talking. That's what your hormones are doing all day long. And when one of them gets off balance, off kilter, that greatly affects another one. Um, And there are natural ebbs and flows that are going to happen, but when we're imbalanced, like we're going through stress periods, maybe we've gotten sick and our immune system is going haywire, or, you know, it has something to do with diet, our lifestyle, those can greatly impact your hormones seeing a lot of teenagers, they're experiencing an androgen effect, which is, which is totally natural. This is when they're hitting puberty, they're getting the surge of hormones. And a lot of the times it comes out in like body odor and acne on their face. They, they experience being a teenager is no fun. Um, (laughs) It's a rough transition. (laughs) It is a rough, rough transition. But on top of that, they're eating pizza and fast foods and drinking sodas. And when they come to me, they maybe are just starting to learn about hygiene or, you know, they they haven't learned at all. And I'm sitting there and talking to them for the first time about the food that's going into their body and how that is causing an inflammation response, which is making that androgen effect a lot higher. Yeah. So they're, in, they're getting these cystic pimples or a lot of pustules all over their cheeks. And it's a matter of cutting down on certain foods and introducing more anti-inflammatory foods. And that can help balance out the hormones. I mean, there's another huge hygiene portion in that because, again, teenagers, specifically teenage boys, are are disgusting little creatures. And then girls are starting to play with makeup. And I'm I'm totally generalizing here. Yes. There's those that don't. But in the majority of them, they're putting uh, the cheapest makeup they could possibly find in hordes all over their face. Um, and then falling asleep with it at night. And I've got 
boys that are, are experiencing that natural testosterone surge and they're already sweating more, they're already like starting to stink, and then they have this natural aggression that's coming out and they want to go out and play rough and be, you know, domineering men. Um, but then falling asleep without showering or washing their hair and they haven't cleaned their pillowcase in two months and then rubbing their face in it. So they're, <laughs> you know, it's just a hard time, but teaching them ways about just general hygiene and overall like what they can do with their lives that can help balance those hormones and clear their skin. And then we have like the later in life surges. Like I said, I get a, a lot of women coming to me around 30s. Um, and th there's a range that we all go through when we have that hormonal shift that says it's time to make a baby. Let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that presents itself in a completely different way. Um, I'll have women come in with cystic acne all over their chin or the harder, smaller bumps. Um, maybe they had oily skin as a kid and now they're having a transition to where it's drier, especially where I live here in Arizona and helping to explain like you could get away with this before, mm -hmm. but now things have changed. Now we need you to be getting eight hours of sleep. You're not 20 anymore. That growth hormone spike needs to happen every single night. Yeah. That's going to help with cell turnover. It's going to help collagen rebuild so that you, you don't start to get wrinkles. Um, and it's also going to play a big role in, we have this cortisol and insulin balance that goes on throughout the day. And if you have spikes of insulin, that's going to also impact your progesterone and estrogen levels. Um, if you have spikes in cortisol, that's going to also impact insulin and inflammation um, and impact your sleep later in the day. So triggering, finding out like habits that they can create, um, diet habits, maybe nobody's ever talked to them about removing cheese from their diet or they're drinking milk every day and still eating cereal for breakfast. And again, they're, they're not 20 anymore and that's catching up. Um, so finding these little ways in which I can help them regulate so that they're not getting more breakouts and then introducing them to better skincare products because now is really the time where they're noticing those drugstore brands are no longer making an effect. And I'm wanting to get them off of all those estrogenic ingredients. And so it, that's like, it's like a whole process. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And it's the same with men too. They go through hormonal spikes, but it's just not as complicated as women's. And yeah. The balance is a little bit, yeah, women have a little bit more complicated balance of hormones. And when one does this and like three, it affects three others, men right. have similar, but it, I don't think it's all at this. Theirs is, yeah, theirs is more streamlined. It with, is more streamlined and it's more predictable. I mean, they can do things that can throw it off, but with women, like ours happen 
frequently, like once a month, we're going through this whole cycle and it's changing with these periods in life, which happens when you're first in puberty and then twenties, thirties, forties, and then menopause is like a whole other animal in itself. Yes. And you really have to change your skincare regimen throughout each of these because your entire body's different. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You mentioned helping people get rid of cheese. That dairy is very difficult. People, some people will, you just tell them and they look at you and you're like, don't hurt me. I'm just trying to help you out. <laughs> of people like sugars, because I have a friend that she's doing a plant-based diet and she didn't transition. I was like, you always have to transition because you're doing a cold turkey and yeah, you need to transition. So, you know, I wouldn't call it hunger pains or being hangry, but when you just cold turkey switch, she's always hungry. I'm just like, transition, transition. And then you mentioned pillowcases. I had um, a roommate that, so I, just by habit, I just like to keep my things. I like to create routines. It keeps Mm -hmm. me, helps me maintain control of, you know. So what I, I wash my sheets, my pillowcases once a week. I had a roommate that did not wash it all semester. And I was just like, skin cells. Like, I was like, how does this work? I mean, again, like I wasn't there to make her feel bad. So I didn't say anything about it. I was just like, I'm going to keep that pattern of washing mine. But a lot of people don't realize that not cleaning, you know, washing your sheets, pillowcase plays a role because those dead skin cells just sit there. You lie, you sleep, maybe you drool and that creates a little breeding ground for a lovely little bacteria that we don't want there. <laughs> so. yeah. And it's not just dead skin cells. Like somebody like me that washes their hair once a week, like I have product and oils and I rub my face into my pillow in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, I, I actually have gotten to where I change mine just about every other day. Like the sheets I'll leave, I'll do once a week, but my pillowcase gets changed regularly and that's because of my hair. And I tell, I I don't care about making somebody feel bad if they've got acne, I'm going to tell them all the reasons why. Yeah. Um, Well, that's why they come to you. Right. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, that's where the tough love is. Um, I'm like, don't be gross. Like you're, you're, think about it. You're rubbing your face on a dirty pillowcase and it's, that's just what's happening. That, that's what those blackheads and clogged pores are. Petri dish on yeah, your bed. Yeah, clean that up. <laughs> clean it up. Like, go buy a couple extra pillowcases. They aren't even that expensive. No. So it's an investment in you. So it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. That is true. I just think that it's something that people don't realize. I'm used to it, but people don't realize it. And when you mentioned it, I was like, adults – there are adults that don't do that, not just teenagers. And yet their phone too. I'm like, you oh, yeah, that, that is your phone touches everything. And a lot of people are like, oh, I just text now. Well, your hands are dirty too. Like the hygiene it. part is like the hygiene is it's so simple and yet it's the hardest thing to get across because you yeah. just people don't think about it. That's true. That is that is very true. I think they said that your cell phone is actually dirtier than a toilet seat. I recall I'm, hearing that somewhere. I don't know. I'll have to check and see where that was. But I was just like, I believe it because it goes everywhere. People take it into the bathroom with them. That's a whole nother yeah. issue. 
<laughs> what is the most common skin complaint that you get as an esthetician? Probably the acne. Okay. Acne and scarring are my big ones. And that, that's just because of where I've gone in my career. I've definitely honed in on acne clients. And it, it's something that impacts almost everybody on more than one level. It's not the annoyance or the pain of acne. It's more of like a social stigma. It affects our self-esteem. We're not as confident. People, there's actually been studies on this, um, the psychology behind acne and the social impact. And teenagers who experience acne actually perform worse in school are less likely to seek out leadership roles and tend to doubt themselves when even going to promote through promotions later in life in the workforce. And then that's, that carries on through adulthood and it actually continues to impact you on a very social level as an adult, as you're less likely to, you know, seek out friendships, more likely to stand back. So it is one thing that definitely stand stood out to me and that I wanted to help people with because your confidence should shouldn't be impacted by your skin like yeah I mean it's it's treatable all levels of it are treatable and even when people come to me with old acne scarring I'm like we can do this yeah um whether, you know, I have to do peels and microneedling, a little PRP, or maybe send you to a doctor that I know that does laser treatments. Like this, this can really be fixed. You don't have to live with embarrassments. So I, I love that part. That's true. The skin and the health of the skin, appearance of the skin really does have more of an emotional and mental aspect because, and it frames the way that people think about themselves and of course their behaviors. So I think that is extremely important. So when you do your acne treatments, what are the treatments that you usually help them with? How do you help them? Depends on the level that they're at. If they're in the throes of a breakout or, you know, experiencing repeated breakouts, we're going to start by basically tackling and repairing the natural barrier function of the skin. I just, from my more natural background, I prefer to take a more gentle approach. A lot of acne products that are out there are very, very harsh and they'll dry out the skin and actually make it more susceptible to infection and bacteria. And that was the old school way of approaching it. I tend to, again, go more towards biobotanicals and focus on calming the skin, calming the inflammation. How can we do that internally? My deep pore facial, while we do extractions, there, there is the, the whole normal cleansing process and extractions and exfoliating. I tend to do it more with enzymes, never with a topical exfoliant. So we're not scrubbing and irritating. We're not spreading that bacteria around. And then everything after that is calming, calming, get the inflammation down. So many of my clients, while they hate the extraction process, that's never going to go away. <laughs> um, they'll actually tell me like, you're the first person I've seen that hasn't made my skin like super pissed off afterwards. 
And that's because I do take that approach. I use LED light therapy to help kill the bacteria and the inflammation. I, I use a lot of high frequency, again, to kill bacteria rather than putting chemicals on the skin that's, again, going to dry it. And then we're, we're adding a protective layer. I am not a huge fan of products like benzoyl peroxide just because they are so drying. And what people don't realize is our skin is acidic and that's very alkalinic. And when you swing the other direction, you may get initial results just because you're, you are, you're getting, killing all that bacteria, but again, you're drying so much out and you're taking off that protective barrier function. So it needs to be repaired in order to fully address the issue. And that's also where the internal stuff comes in, like the nutrition, the supplement, as well as a good home care routine. seems like you have a more gentle approach. There've been a lot of women that have come in with different digestive health issues, and it was triggered by some intensive treatment that they had for acne. I don't remember the name of the treatment, but one woman, she is having like irritable bowel and then her, just like she can't digest anything. She just has these, and I was, it, it, studies have actually shown because she wasn't aware. So I was like, let me just do a quick Google and see if there's anything on this. And apparently that particular drug that is an extreme, it's used in rare cases for extreme acne. So it's not everyone isn't getting it. They showed that it can actually disrupt the microbiome in the gut. And that leads to issues later on. So now you, cause her acne is back. Like it's back. It, it will and come. now she can't digest anything. So nutrition, like, you know, so she didn't know. I was like, let me send you the article. I sent it to her and she was just like, yeah, yeah. I, there, there's one um, dermatologist that I work with in particular, and that's because she listens to me. Um, <laughs> that's always good. <laughs> yes. So uh, what I found is when people do go to dermatologists, they're likely to put them on that harsh topical, um, maybe an antibiotic, which in some cases is very necessary, but they aren't talking to them about while you're on this, you need to be loading up on probiotics too, because once you're off, you're not absorbing nutrients the same. Your entire immune system is impaired and your gut is impaired. And that is where infection starts. If you don't have it all built up, it needs to be repaired. So while I have sent several people to her to get put on antibiotics because they're at that point in their acne stage where I'm like, this is, this is really what you need. We can treat it topically, but I need you to, you have an infection here. That's, that's more than I can deal with. Um, so I in turn will get them on a good probiotic and then work with the doctor on the transition. Um, and, and she's good about not putting them on harsh topicals. Um, also Accutane. I am. I think that's it. I think it's Accutane. Oh, okay. Accu- I think that's it. <laughs> it sounds familiar. It is a, only in extreme cases, but I'm here to say like, if you have to be put on a birth control pill because something causes birth defects, you really need to think twice before you put that into your body. And I have actually reached out to a couple of people on Instagram who had super bad acne 
and we're talking about going on Accutane and being like, no, give me two months. Yeah. Come see me first. If it, if I can't improve it, then by all means go back to your doctor, but let's try to do everything possible first. Yeah. And luckily that's worked really well for me and them. Um, (laughs) But what that has made me realize is like there, there's a lot of ways around this particular drug and I would prefer you not to go on it because it does mess up your entire system. It can cause alopecia and uh, the side effects are, are scary. That's true. That is very true. What are your top skincare must-haves? Sunscreen. Sunscreen is number one. Yes. When I'm looking to put a new person on any sort of product, that is the number one thing that I go towards. Like you need to be on a daily sunscreen and here are your options. I always do good, better, best. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other one is a moisturizer because even if you have oily skin, you need to be moisturizing. That's what's going to help maintain the, the natural barrier function. And what a lot of people don't realize is that your skin's trying to compensate. So it can actually be dry and overproducing oil to try to, to protect itself. And then that can lead to like dead skin buildup, getting trapped and acne down the road. Also, nobody likes to be looking oily. Nobody likes blackheads, even though I'm like, oh, we all have them. It, it is another impact on our self-esteem. So finding a good quality moisturizer can help balance out your entire skin. You know, and then we can add things on later. Like if you, we could get you on a good cleanser because cleansing is important, yeah. but it's, there's also plenty of natural, very cheap cleansers out there that'll just do the job. It's only when you're ready to tackle that extra thing that I'm like, okay, now it's time for, to upgrade your cleanser. Now it's time to add a serum or a treatment, but moisturizer, sunscreen. Gotcha. Those are good tips there. Okay. What is your number one tip on keeping skin healthy during the summer that does not include sunscreen? Cause sunscreen is a foundation. Um, <laughs> it is a foundation. Like, um, water. Definitely doing a lot of water. We don't realize how quickly we can become dehydrated and how much that affects our skin. And it just keeps all of your internal functions functioning optimally. And when all your other systems are working out, your skin just, I mean, it is your number one largest organ. So keep it hydrated. And then, you know, after that, eating the right foods. I mean, summer is the perfect time to get all the fresh fruits and vegetables. That's true. Your natural antioxidants are in there. So, you know, you can start working on that during the summer as well. You know, it's interesting that if you eat with the seasons, you don't have to really worry. I mean, outside of, you know, of course, the additional skincare, but you really don't have to worry about your skin. Like if you're eating with the seasons, summer, we have all of these beautiful colored fruits, vegetables you can eat that already have those natural antioxidant properties. 
So I think that that is something that people should look into. Of course, you do it on your budget, but I think that's important because if you eat with the seasons, the food in the seasons are take care of your body. Like, yeah. So and I get that a lot. A lot of my clients are like, but you never recommend fruit. I'm like, cause it's the middle of the winter. <laughs> any fruit that you get is going to be grown in a greenhouse down in Mexico and not have any nutrients anyway. Why spike your blood sugar if you're not going to get any benefit from it? That's true. That is true. And then vegetables, there are a lot of the vegetables are antioxidant rich, like beets and um, Swiss chard. Like I think people oh, yeah. are scared of vegetables. Maybe they don't know how to cook them. And fruits are a good go-to because they're, for the most part, naturally sweet. So it's something yeah. that, you know, everyone gravitates to. Yeah. Vegetables, I think it's a lot about preparation. I, I just had this conversation with an, a longtime acne client. I'm like, you've got to eat vegetables. She's like, I don't like them. <laughs> I'm like, well, let's talk about how you cook them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and think of fruit as nature's candy. It, it comes seasonally for a reason. Our bodies really haven't uh, adapted that much over thousands of years. And then back in the day, like fruit is only in season for a couple weeks at a time. True. So like we're not used to getting that constant year-round surge of sugar when most of the time like we're used to living off of like very basic foods that's true yeah so what are some ways that people can get in contact with you um i'm always easy to get a hold of on instagram i've got two sides the causey effect which is more my personal i i do a lot of nutrition and fitness on there i also just integrate general science on it. Um, I do weekly posts that are, did you know, and it's just me spouting off on, on research and then a lot of sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it's definitely my personality is that one. And then I have my business page, which is bear dot aesthetics. Um, and it's aesthetics, a E how it's supposed to be spelled. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I was like, well, everyone is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the Americanized version with, with just the E. But that one, I, I post a lot of skin tips. Also, before and afters, product recommendations. It, it's definitely more geared towards skincare in the beauty industry. So, but I'm, I'm back and forth on all of those. And then a lot of people just straight up email me, okay. um, especially if they're looking for like long-term or long distance consultations, they can email me. Um, we could set up a zoom call. I can kind of look at their skin and, and ask them some questions and go from there. And that's uh, Krista at the causeeffect.com. That's pretty great. Thank you so much for giving us all this information. I definitely like your perspective, your personal perspective, your story, and also the way you combine lifestyle, especially diet with hormone balance and your skin. Because I do believe that a lot of people, whether they're either estheticians or dermatologists, they leave out one of those parts. And I think that you have to take care of all of those areas for the 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 client to really benefit long-term because at the end of the day, you want them to be, have healthier skin long-term, have a better life long-term. It's not about these quick fixes like we see with a lot of the beauty products. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, you can't compartmentalize your life. I mean, you can, but it's our bodies don't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Wealthier Together podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and share this podcast with a friend.